Always a blessing to be in the house of God um, and be in his presence. And this morning, I'm so privileged, and I want to thank uh, Pastor Salazar for the privilege of being able to speak this morning. And I want to preach the message about inheritance that God has given to his children and God has given to you and I as believers that he wants us to walk in. And how many of us know today that we serve an awesome God? Okay, it sounds like everyone's barely waking up. I'll try that one more time. How many of us today know that we serve an awesome God? Yes. Yes. That's, that's good. That's awesome. And how many of us we know that our God owns all the cattle on a thousand hills? All the cattle on a thousand hills. And that you and I, there's an inheritance that he's given to you and I as believers. And there's an inheritance that we want to pass on to a next generation that's coming up inside of this church, inside of the world today. Um, just a few weeks ago, just last month, four dozen people were charged in alleged scheme um, in which wealthy uh, people uh, paid a crooked col college administrator to get their kids into prestigious universities. Sadly, these actions of these parents robbed their kids of so much uh, in their reputation, robbed them of having a fair shot at a prestigious college, and robbed them of having uh, just the, the knowledge of knowing that I did things the right way. And as parents and mentors, you and I, God has given us something so very valuable that we want to pass on to the next generation. Um, something that was given to us from our fathers and our, our forefathers. Like when I think about my dad and my mom, um, one of the things I know they passed on to me, that my mom and dad, is they passed on to me a, a spirit of, of of prayer. I know my mom always talked about prayer. I know she always talked about seeking the Lord. That's one thing she downloaded to me. Uh, my dad would always talk about fasting, and, and that was something that I knew I had to get part of my life. But, and it's such an awesome thing, but there's many more things like loyalty was one of them um, that they passed on to me that I've seen in their life that I said, you know what, I want that spiritual DNA. But the choice was mine. Whether I was going to choose to serve God and follow their legacy, or whether I was going to waste that inheritance. It's so important that if you grew up in church and you have parents that have showed you the ways of God, it's so important that you don't take that lightly. And so we're going to be looking at inheritance today, and we're going to be looking at how God has given us the greatest inheritance ever. And that's the title of today's sermon, The Greatest Inheritance Ever Given. Book of 2 Timothy, chapter 1, and verse 5 and 4, Paul's talking to a discouraged Timothy, and he says these words, Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you. Verse 5, I want to read that one more time. He says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. Why don't we go ahead and pray. Lord, we thank you for your grace and your goodness and your mercy, and right now I pray for the, your Holy Spirit anointing. I come against every distraction right now, Every fiery dart of the enemy that will try to keep us, Lord, from focusing on your word today. 
saying you're a liar and you're the father of all lies. We bind you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray today that today will be a day of transformation, that we would know, Lord God, that you have given us a tremendous inheritance, Lord, that you paid for on Calvary. Lord, and we thank you for what you've done and what you're going to do. And we thank you, God, for the inheritance that we are called to place to the next generation, an inheritance of faithfulness, of loyalty, God, of love, Lord, of encouragement, of sacrifice. Lord God, I pray right now that you would strengthen each and every here, every mother, every father, every mentor, every uncle, every aunt, every grandmother and grandfather. I pray right now, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would encourage hearts, Lord, and that your name would be glorified and exalted. And we'll be sure to give you all the glory and all the praise. And all of God's people said, amen and amen. And a background on this text, 2 Timothy uh, Paul's going through a tough time. He's in prison, and all of a sudden, what he's doing, he's writing young Timothy, who is a discouraged young pastor, and he's encouraging him. He's telling him, remember what God has done in your life. Remember uh, which, uh, where you came from. Remember what took place when I laid my hands on you and the gift that was transferred to you at that time. But he says something very astounding. He says, remember your grandmother. Remember your mother. Their gift of genuine faith that lived in them. Now, Eunice, her name means good victory. Um, the prayers and the witness of his grandmother and his mother, the faith of them, they were central factors to the spiritual development of young Timothy. And about two years ago, I was asked a question, and they asked me this question. They said, why do you think you're still serving God? And I remember I said something. And I tried to sound good, but you know what? It didn't come out good. And I remember I was driving home with my wife, and I said, you know what? I blew it. I blew it. I didn't say why I'm still here today. And I, it was probably just three words. My mom's prayers. Amen. That's what I should have said. My mom's prayers. That as a young boy, she prayed over me. She would be walking inside the room, laying hands on me. She would be doing all kinds of things. Even as a teenager, there was all these years where uh, my mom prayed and prayed and prayed for me. And uh, it gave me uh, this, uh, this conviction. It gave me this, this, this feeling. It gave me this, 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 uh, this comfort as well. But if you're here today and you're a praying parent, our mentor, our mother, I want to say that no matter how old your kids are, you still have an influence inside of their lives. And that God has still, uh, he's still doing a work inside their lives. Although you may not see right now, there's this transfer of a godly inheritance that's transferred from those who pray. The importance of giving a spiritual, sincere inheritance to your children to the next generation is so vital. Today's first point is handing down a godly inheritance. Handing down a godly inheritance. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 13 verse 22, a good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children. And maybe you're here today and say, you know what, Pastor, I don't have that much money to give. My kids, maybe I just have $100 to give my grandkids. You know what? The most valuable inheritance you could give them is a godly life. That is the most valuable inheritance that could ever be given 
is a godly life. An exampleship of godliness is more valuable than all the riches in the world. A good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children. Let me illustrate. There are two families, one by the name of Max Jukes and Jonathan Edwards. Max Jukes, he lived in New York. He did not believe in Christ or in Christian training. He refused to take his children to church. Even when they asked to go, he has had uh, 1,026 descendants. Of these descendants, 300 were sent to prison for the average term of 13 years. 190 were public prostitutes. 680 were admitted alcoholics. His family thus far has made little contribution to society. I contrast with Jonathan Edwards. He lived in the same state at the same time. He loved the Lord and he saw that his kids were at church every Sunday and he served the Lord to the best of his abilities. Of his 929 descendants of these, 430 became ministers. 86 became university professors. 13 became university presidents. Several were authors of 75 books. Five were elected to the United States Congress, and two were elected to the Senate. One was the vice president of his nation. His family has contributed immensely, immensely to the United States of America. Every time I read this, it makes me wonder, but it makes me know that, man, there's something so powerful about a godly heritage that's handed down from our fathers to us. There's something that's so immense. There's something so important about bringing your kids to church. There's something so important about taking your kids with you as you do things in the things of God, taking them to outreach with you. You're handing them a heritage. You're handing them a legacy. When you're here at church and you're staying here long, your kids are seeing that, but you're handing them an inheritance that this world could, could always try to take away, but they'll never forget about what dad did for God. They'll never forget about what mom did for God and the heart that she did it with. They'll never forget. Handing down a, a godly heritage is so important, but how do we do that? First thing is this, you and I, we want to point our kids in the right direction. In this world today, the world is pointing our kids in so many different directions. They got YouTube. They got Snapchat. They got all these social media things that the enemy will try to uh, divert them. And they have, they have the, the peer pr pressure, the influence, the music, the, 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 the new world views uh, in regard to creation, to sexuality, to, uh, to uh, living clean and not living clean. Today, uh, besides the word of God and Judeo-Christian values that are found in church, there's no values out there just to be your own person, they say. Find truth your own way. Each man's truth is his own truth. That's what they tell them when there's an absolute truth found in the word of God, found in God's plan, found inside of the books of the Bible that show us how to live, how to be a, a person of, of integrity, how to be a husband, how to be a son, how to be a grandfather, how to be a grandmother, how to be an entrepreneur. God's word shows us everything. But the world is trying to redefine and show and our kids, the enemies over there trying to bring them to the dark side, to tell them don't serve God, it's not worth it. But you and I as our parents, we have to get them back to pointing them to north, pointing them to north, pointing them to the word of God. The Bible says that our kids are like arrows in our hands. They're like arrows in our hands. 
And the Bible says this in Psalms 127 verse 3. It says, children are a heritage from the Lord. Offspring are a reward from him. Our kids are a reward. Some of you guys are saying, I don't feel like that right now. They're just toddlers running out crazy. You're changing diapers and all that stuff. This is a reward for me, a dirty diaper. <laughs> Our kids are a reward. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior, our children's born in one's youth. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the parent whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court at the city gates. You know, in the Bible, there's two, times, two types of offensive weapons. One of them is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. But as I was studying this message, I go, you know what, there's another weapon. It's our kids. Wow. The Bible says they're like arrows in our hands. They're going to be the next generation of youth leaders. They're going to be the next generation of pastors. They're going to be the next generation of godly doctors. They're going to be the next generation of godly plumbers. They're going to be the next generation of godly nurses. They're going to be the next generation in the military that's serving God with all of their heart. They are like arrows in our hand, and we must point them the direction that God has called us to point them. And the enemy says, don't point them anywhere. Just let the school figure that out for them. Don't, don't point them anywhere. Their, their friends are good kids. The reality is this. No, God has given us account. Of, we have to be accountable to God for how we raised our kids. And so you think about that, we have, we're accountable to God for how we raise our kids, so we need to have accountability in our kids' life. We need to check up on them. We need to see what they're doing. We need to go in their room. We need to say, Holy Spirit, lead me. Show me. Expose. When I was about 14 years old, I remember I had some whirly music cassette tapes underneath my bed. It was um, uh, Metallica and Kurt Cobain, very depressing music. I was struggling with depression at, at that time. Go figure, right? Music is so powerful. It, it is so powerful. And, and if you say music doesn't influence you, you, you that's not true. And so I remember... Um, Going, going, and I was with my friends, and my mom gave me a call, and she says, uh, is there something you need to tell me? And I said, uh, what are you talking about? Something of that nature. She goes, I found your woolly music under your bed. God exposed you. <laughs> and you know what? The Holy Spirit. If your mom's praying, you're ruined you're done. You can't, you, 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 you are, the Holy Spirit is going to be on you your whole life. You're going to try to run all the way to Timbuktu. The Holy Spirit is going to be waiting for you over there. He's going to be like, what's up? Your mom called. She told me you were coming. There's going to be somebody witnessing to you over there. You're going to be like, what is going on? You're ruined. Your mom's praying for you, bro. Your mom's praying for you. But it's something so powerful that God sees the prayers of parents and he doesn't take that lightly. He, it's not something that goes, okay, you know what, I'm going to put that on the back burner. No, it's something that is part of his covenant promise. 
That he's like, you know what, if they come in agreement for their kid, I love their kid more than they love them, and I will show them what I will do in their kid's life. Some of you have been praying and praying, and you haven't been seeing anything, but you don't see what the Holy Spirit sees. God has been working day and night on your daughter, on your son, as they're out there in those bars, as they're out there far away. God will get a hold of them. God will get a hold of them. God loves them more than you love them. And he sees your prayers. He sees your tears for all those years. And God is faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. I know that I know that he is so faithful. That's the God that we serve. He's faithful God. He's a faithful God. The second point today is the inheritance of a praying parent. 1 Samuel 1, verse 27, the Bible talks about Hannah who prayed for her son. She said these words in verse 27, For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore, I also have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worship the Lord there. This Hebrew word for lent means to completely give. Completely surrender. It's not like I lend and I get back. It's, no, it's, it's completely given, completely surrendered to the glory, for the glory of God. Now, when you're drafting an inheritance, you need legal assistance. You need the assistance of a lawyer so the will can be uh, bequeathed properly. Inside of our lives as parents, we also do, do need legal assistance from the advocate, the Holy Spirit. Now, the word advocate is an awesome Greek word. It's used four times. It's only used by John, a very interesting word. But what it means is a legal assistant, a counsel for defense, an advocate, and someone who pleads the cause of another. The Holy Spirit today is our advocate that leads us to give our kids the inheritance that God wants to give them. And if you're here today and you're dry in your prayer life, and you, you're dry and you're like, Lord, I need a touch from your Holy Spirit, guess what? God's going to give you a river. There is a well. There is a well that we can dig into, a well that we could redig. And maybe you're here today, you feel dry in your prayer life. You said, I've been praying, Pastor Danny. I've been praying for years, but I just feel dry. I haven't seen anything. I want to say that God wants to give you a new river. Like Pastor said, we, we got to redig that new well. And we're going to have a video that illustrates the contrast between the desert, but then we're going to be looking at that river that God has for each and every one of us. Amen. He turns the dry land, the dry parched land into springs of water. That is a promise for believers. When you and I are praying and seeking God and praying in the spirit, lifting up the name of Jesus, giving God worship, there's a river of living water that flows through our lives. There's a river of living water that flows. And on the greatest day of the feast, we've seen the promise that Jesus gave to believers. It's so awesome. 
the promise that Christ gave to believers in the book of John chapter 7. The Bible says these words. It says in verse 37, on the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood up and said with a loud voice. He says, let anyone who's thirsty come to me and drink. Is anyone here that's thirsty for God? Is there anyone here that's thirsty for a new encounter with God, a, a, a new strength with God? You know what? He is unlimitless in his power and what he can give to you and I. So the Bible says this, whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water. Everyone say rivers of living water. One more time, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the spirit whom those who believe in him would later receive. Up until that time the spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Now this river empowers us as believers. This river empowers us as believers. Because as parents, as guardians, as mentors, we'll face many challenges. And one of the challenges that we face many times is that we're not making a difference. One of the challenges that we make many times is that we don't see any significant change going on. But the Bible says something amazing. It says that the Spirit of God empowers us and we got to see through the lens of faith. That God is doing something every time we speak something. That when you and I are walking in faith and walking in obedience and walking in the spirit and being full of God and we're speaking declarations of power over our kids that God, I know you have a plan for my son in the mighty name of Jesus. God, I know you have a plan for my granddaughter in the mighty name of Jesus. And you begin to rebuke and drive out the enemy. We got to drive out the enemy. We got to drive out the enemy. When it comes into our thoughts, say, devil, you're a liar. Get out of my thoughts in the mighty name of Jesus. God, fill my thoughts, God, with words of faith, God, words of affirmation, God, and words of truth. So important that we speak truth to our kids, that we, that we bless them, that we, that we don't speak negatively over them. That we, we don't tear them down. That we don't tear down the, the workers in the church. That we don't tear people down. But that we build them up. Build their faith up. Encourage them. Give, give them words of faith. You know, I remember my dad. He would always do this to me. I believe you can do it, son. As a teenager, and I, I knew I couldn't do it. But he would tell me, I believe you can do it. I believe you can do it. I'll say, Dad, I want to make it to the NBA. I really did. I really, I really wanted to, but I didn't. But thank you, Jesus. But he told me I could do it. But he made me believe. He made me have confidence that, you know what, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So what you do is you challenge your kids to dream dreams that God has given them. Dream dreams that God has given you. Dream them with the power of God and with God's strength because God gives dreams to kids. And they're going to be used for his glory. They're going to be used for his honor. They're going to be used to build his kingdom. Uh, it's so important that we build those things inside of our kids being led by the spirit of God. The Holy Spirit will teach us. The Bible says in John chapter 14 verse 26, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said to you. The Holy Spirit guides us on how to pray for our kids. In the morning, when I'm up and my kids are asleep, my wife's asleep, I go around the house and they're there. I just lay hands on them. Lord, use, use my son for your glory. 
What did my daughter? Lord, use my daughter. Help her. Strengthen her. I go to my wife. Lord, protect my wife. Strengthen my wife. Help her. But I got that because when I was a kid, my mom used to do the same thing to me. She would be walking around the house when we were all sleeping. She'd be laying hands on us, praying for us. And it was something that was inherited from my mom that I now do. But my prayer is that when my kids get out of the house and when they have their own families, that they walk around because they remember, I remember what my dad used to do. My dad used to walk around the house and he used to pray. And he used to, he used to lift me up. He used to, he used to encourage me. He used to lay his hands on me. Because there's something powerful when you lay hands on somebody. There's a, there's a transfer that Paul said uh, that he laid hands on Timothy and that there was this transfer of this gift. And when you parents, uh, uh, when you bless your kids, when you give them a hug, when you, when you, when you say, you know what, I, I love you, and you embrace them. You embrace them and, and you give them that hug and you let them know that you're there. I want to tell you that there's a transfer that goes on. There's a transfer that takes place inside of their lives. And, and you know, just, just a couple weeks ago, before I leave, I usually hug my kids right there where no one can see. But one of my sons got away from me. He ran right here, running down, running, not running down, we're walking down. And I called him in front of the, all the school. I said, you got to come over here. You forgot something. And in front of the whole school, I gave him a big old hug, and I kissed his head, and he was so embarrassed, but I didn't care. I, I say, you know what, you, you don't do that anymore. If you, if you don't want this to happen, give me a hug over there. But there's something that takes place when you, when you hold your kids, when you, when you grab your daughter's hand. When, when, you, when you, mothers, when you hug your son. When you, when you give them that kiss on their cheek and you let them know that you love them and you look at them in the eyes, I want to tell you that's a transfer of the love of God. That's so important. Why? Because the enemy will lie to them and say that they're not loved. He'll lie to them and say they're not special. He'll lie to them and say they're worthless. And you and I, we have the power of the living God to show them love, to show them God's love in a godly way. It's so important that we do that. In closing, the last point today is the inheritance of genuine faith, a genuine faith. I like what one man said. He says, what a parent does in his home or in her home is equally as important, if not more important, than what they do in public or in the church. The family is the building block for the church, the foundation of a godly nation. Few things dictate the condition of a nation more than the state of its families. The transfer of a genuine faith to our kids. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 5, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you. Which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded also lives in you. This word genuine in the Greek, it means unhypocritical. The same, unchanging. As you and I, as parents, our kids are watching us. As grandparents, as mentors, our kids are watching us. They're looking at our lives closely. And you and I, every day, although we don't know we're preachers, you and I are preaching a sermon to our children and to the kids that are under us. They're seeing our lives, our values, not by what we say, but by what we do. 
The Bible says, train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they will not depart from it. It's more than speech. It's talking about exampleship. It's talking about our life. And our kids, they see that. In the next verse, Paul says these words to Timothy. For this reason, I remind you to fan into the flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands, for the spirit of God gave us, that God gave us, does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. For this reason. Now that's a powerful clause and in an inheritance for this reason. Paul shifts from the parents and grandparents and himself to Timothy. And now he places a responsibility on him. He says, Timothy, you have been given an inheritance. You have something that's very valuable. But for this reason, you need to remind yourself of what has been taking place. You need to stir yourself up. You can't be fearful, but you need to walk in power and love and self-discipline. Now, that places the burden on those who have received an inheritance from their parents. There's many young adults here today, maybe teenager, maybe young, young child, that you've seen a godly exampleship from your mom. You've seen a godly exampleship from your parents, from your dad. You've seen a godly exampleship from our pastors and pastors' wives. That's an inheritance that has been given to us. It's been transferred into the deposit of our heart. Now, let me say this. There's a responsibility given to us because of that. For this reason, you and I, we need to stand up in righteousness for what they did, the sacrifices that they laid before us, the, the sacrifices of our forefathers and foremothers that they laid the ground, they trailblazed the, the trail, they, they had many blood, sweat, and tears. Now there's a responsibility on this next generation to get that inheritance and begin to give it to our, our kids and our, our friends and the kids that come into our lives. It's so important that for this reason we stand up and we don't sit down, but we become active in the things of God and do great and mighty exploits. Why? Not because of what, you know, just what's going on in our life. No, but because of what has taken place already. There was a sacrifice laid. There was a price paid. It's, it, it, it's, it, it's very sobering when we think, man, there's a responsibility on my life to take care of this inheritance. Paul's encouragement to young Timothy is this, and it's an encouragement to the next generation He says these words, God does not give us a spirit of fear. That means that God will be with us every step of the way. As we tell people the good news, as we share the gospel, as we give, as we serve, God will be with us every step of the way. But not only that, the Bible says that God will give us his power. He says that he gives us a spirit of dunamis, of dynamite, of power inside of our lives that not only do we have God's word, not only do we have prayer, not only do we have fasting, but we also have God's power working inside of our life. 
God's power to give us strength, encouragement, guidance, inspiration. The last thing he says, a spirit of self-discipline, self-control. That you and I, we walk in the spirit. That you and I, we walk in righteousness. That you and I, we walk in integrity. Why? Because of the inheritance that was given to us. If we could have the worship team come up here today. This morning, I spoke about handing down a godly inheritance. The inheritance of a, of a praying parent and the inheritance of genuine faith. Three simple things that are so valuable in our lives. In 1982, a man by the name of Ian McCormick, he was in the southern Indian Sea. He was out there with his friends, young man, swimming. He got stung by five box jellyfish. Immediately, his body began to go in shock. A young Indian boy, he, he, he brought him to the, to the edge of the beach where he laid right there in and out of consciousness. Finally, he found himself in the ambulance, going into shock. At that moment, he had a vision of his mom praying, praying. This man was an atheist. He had this vision of his mom praying, and she said to him, cry out to God. He said, I don't know how. Immediately, the Lord's Prayer came to his mind. He began to say the Lord's Prayer inside of that ambulance. He came to the part where it said, uh, uh, Lord, forgive us as we forgive those who sinned against us. And right there, two men came to mind. And God said, I want you to forgive him. He goes, I don't want to. He's okay, God, I forgive him right now. Right there, his life was changed. He died for 15 minutes. He had this encounter, he went to hell. He's seen the, the throes of hell. He's seen, this, he heard the, 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 the coldness, the, 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 the screams, the heat. He heard it all. He was torn out of that darkness and he went to a tunnel. He said his whole life flashed before him. And he said that God spoke to him. And he said, I am the light, in me is no darkness. He came out of that coma. He came out of, the, out of that, that state. And ever since that day, he's been serving God as an evangelist. He's been sharing the gospel everywhere he's gone. Ian McCormick, read his story. Watch his movie. It's an amazing movie. But I want to say this. When he had that vision, who came to him? His mom praying there was this inheritance that was that he couldn't get away from he was an atheist he was running but he had a mom who was praying and his life was changed parent guardian mentor the inheritance that you're giving your kids is the most valuable inheritance that could ever be given
no greater inheritance. Nothing in this world can compare with a godly legacy. Let's have every head bowed and every eye closed in reverence to the Lord.